Before we get started on this episode of Real Nerds Podcast, remember you can connect to the Real Nerds in many ways. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Nerds. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. You can also call us 720-6-NERDS-5. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic-Con 2016 and beyond. Log on to denvercomiccon.com to buy your tickets now. Also in news at Denver Comic-Con, the beer naming contest is underway. Ooh. So make sure you, uh, the first prize is you get like, uh, actually let me read the email instead of just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> you get some cool stuff. You get uh, a beer. Um, I got a name. Super beer. How about... Wow. Real nerds no? beer. Yeah, I was gonna call Real it the, the the friendly neighborhood IPA. No, why? That's awesome. <laughs> I just Stan Lee's gonna be there. Oh. How about Excelsior beer? Ooh, I like that. <laughs> no one can use that. Copyright Real Nerds Podcast. Yeah, seriously. I, I think that's how copyright works. You Is just there have a conflict to say it. of interest. Like, are we eligible to name? Well, he he sent us an email for uh, it. We don't. We didn't make the beer. There's, there shouldn't be a conflict of interest. But we're so closely tied to the Comic-Con, like, it's like them winning with their own suggestion. No, it ain't! <clears throat> so anyways, yeah, uh, the contest, let me, I think it started today. Yeah, uh, no, start, yeah well, I'm sorry. It, it, it ended when you said Excelsior beer. Yeah, I know. It, actually, it started, starts tomorrow. Um, the f- top four to five names will be picked on the 2nd of March. The 3rd of March, the top names will go on to social media, and the voting uh, will end on the 7th. So... It happens very fast. So vote for Excelsior Beer. If only someone was wearing a cool pop culture classroom t-shirt. Hey, that's me! <laughs> Every week, the Real Nerds go see a new movie. We podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw Eddie the Eagle. Well, me and James saw Eddie the Eagle. Brad yeah. was doing something, I'm sure. Yeah, not seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> not because I didn't want to, but I, I just have to crack down on finances and <laughs> yeah, save my money for the movies that I really, really want to see. Well, maybe, maybe this was yeah, the movie. Maybe it is. Stay tuned to find <laughs> out. Uh, we also talk about what movies are coming out, uh, movies we've been watching, box office numbers, comic books you should be reading. I have a fun one this week. Well, fun for me. I've I've been working on one. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'll tell you about it when we get there. Cool. Um, movie also, news. Well, what? It's Zach's birthday tomorrow, so I was going to give him a birthday shout out. Oh, yeah. Zach's okay. birthday. Happy birthday, Zach. Yep. Yep. Maybe I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, me too. You got to check with the wife. <laughs> What? You don't make the rules? Dude. Oh, yeah. You're not married. No, when you're married, you don't make the rules. Either way, human beings should see Hail Caesar because Hail Caesar's a good movie. I might not be able to do that one, but since it's at Dave and Buster's, I might do that because I can take my little guy there and he can oh! run around and contaminate yeah, and everything. You, you can hang out in the movie while he runs around. Yeah. I can just leave him there, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> just leave it's him like in the ball pit. Yeah. Come back and get him. Claim him later. <laughs> Yeah, they have a lost and found, right? Yeah. Just check your kid in, and <laughs> it's like a coat check. You check in. At the very kid least, in. they probably have a locker. You can stuff them in. Yeah. And there's holes in the locker, so. Yeah, he can breathe. Yeah, he'll be fine. You take him over to the ski. I'll give him some animal crackers. Give you him take a game him boy, over, some light. Take him to the ski ball. He can't hurt himself with that. Like, yeah. just, he'll play there for a while. And... You know, every once in a while, I do, you know, I just 
I work with this kid and he's a very big video gamer and he uh he told me that the PlayStation Vita still exists. Yeah, I own one. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played it or bought a game for it in 6 months at least, no longer. Uh they keep giving me free stuff on PlayStation Store though, but I I don't download it cuz I I don't turn my Vita on. Mm. Cool. Why do you bring yeah. it up? Are you going to buy no, a Vita? No, I, I I don't know, maybe. They're cheap and I can get like cool like PlayStation 2 games on it. Yeah. It's a way to like keep on playing. It's it's games. really good for when you want to play Rogue Legacy at an airport, uh, which is what I used it for for mm. about six months. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was that was that was good, but you know, there's nothing fantastic yeah. on it. You know, it's weird because I was just thinking about it because I was reading an article about the 3DS and how much uh, it sells. And, yeah, um, I I think I wish I had bought the 3DS because there would be a lot more games that I could have played on it, but. Uh, I don't know. Are you eating a tampon? Uh, no, it's not a tampon. It's a used tampon. <laughs> no, it's no. A, seriously, no, what it's is a chew toy. Okay. Oh, okay. It's oh, one of those little goodness. chew things. Okay. <sighs> I was. Oh, oh man, that was gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was really gross, man. But anyways, you know what the coolest place to see movies are? Uh, yeah, the Alamo Draft House. Cool. This is what's playing at the Alamo Draft House next week. Dope. Turn off your cell phone. Don't talk. Don't text. Don't build a birdhouse. Don't be a Foley artist. Quit asking your girlfriend what she had on her salad. Okay, is it your living room? Uh, you talk or text during the film, I will punch you. You can find out who they are and then go cut their tongue out. Have a good watch. Bye. I miss going there. I'm tired of having this I'm, job. I'm so mad that I didn't get to go because they're, they're not showing Eddie the Eagle, unfortunately. Um, and I had like, I had people talking to my theater and I went to, I went to the, the one at South Glen, which is actually really nice. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a comfortable theater. They got little swing out tables and stuff, but it's, you know, it's crummy food. Um, but yeah, I was, I was very sad to not get to go this week. It is depressing. So tell me a reason I can go. Um, okay, so the BBS story continues with the hearts and minds. The, oh. holy shit, what the fuck is this word? The Kizu Mongatari Part 1, Teketsu. Uh, good con- job, Ryan. Uh, Brad, is, did I do well on that? <laughs> you speak Japanese. You, you speak anime. Kizu Monogatari? Yeah, I think Oh, there I, you go. See, he Teketsu. just said it with confidence. Yeah. That's all he did. Yeah. yeah you're close. Yeah. I was close. Uh, Lady Snowblood. Hell yes. That's a cool name. Yeah. Uh, the New World. That's the Is film. Is that the Terrence Malick one? Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's weird. Oh, because he's got the Knight of Cups coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastique, Valerie and her Week of Wonders. Okay. Nosferatu with the Invisible Czars. Cool. Invincible Czars, I'm sorry. The Boy and the Beast, English subtitled. Only Yesterday, English subtitled. The Kids Club is a Three Stooges shorts. I might go with that. Oh, that's cool. <clears throat> Cartoon Serial Party is Zootopia, which opens this week. Oh, right. And U-Turn and Natural Born Killers with Oliver Stone. U-Turn. I would watch U-Turn. Uh, Natural Born Killers, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is really good in it. He plays a sleazy Australian tabloid reporter. I don't really like anything about Natural Born Killers. I, I said he's good in it. I didn't say the movie I, was No, good. I know. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Understood. Oliver Stone's all right. No. Yeah, I like uh, Platoon and Born on the Fourth of July. Yeah, but Oliver Stone's not all right. Those movies are all right. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Remember in JFK when he just keeps on spitting like uh, 
conspiracy theories and your head hurts when you're watching. You're like, what? Yeah. It doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. And then because I love history so much, that prosecutor is the, like the biggest tool ever. Um, and he's uh, anyways back to movies. Please. So go to the alamodrafthouse.com slash Denver to buy tickets. A lot of their specialty stuff does sell out. So make sure if you want to do it, you go online and do it. Uh, and make sure you give thumbs up to Steve, who is the program director there. He, he's the reason why we have so many cool um, movies. Yeah. Yeah. This and different cool. ones. You know, if you listen to our film explosion, he's a guy who used to be Brad, who picks all these weird movies that nobody's heard of. And you're like, what the fuck is this movie? And, <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's true. But the only the only difference is, is he won't pick a movie from 30 years ago. <laughs> he at least follows the damn rules. Yeah. He he did pick Ninja Turtles 2 for me in March, so. Yeah, he did. I know. I want to go because it's a pizza party. Yeah. That's one of those movies I have to save up for because it's 30 bucks. <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah. But it's all you can eat pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to this when we get to what we've been watching, but I, I went and saw The Witch there and it was in like the smallest theater. But even that was really kind of like, it was kind of nice. Even, and that one still was pretty sold out. Cool. Um, uh, this is what we've been watching. Oh, we got movie signs. This is my boomstick. I love being a turtle. You're getting your wishes, so now. Scott, the line must be drawn here. Yeah. Damn you all to hell. And you will know my name is the law when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Now you're getting nasty. James, what have you been watching? I went and saw The Witch at the Alamo Draft House. We were really uh, curious. Did you listened to our episode last week? I, I haven't had a chance to yet. No. Uh, I, we um, were curious to know what you thought about The Witch. So, about once a year, there's a movie that, like, there's a horror movie that, despite it being a horror movie, there's something really intelligent about it. Uh, either it's really suspenseful or it's got, like, this underlying story that I'm like, that's really cool. And that, despite it being really horrific, I walk away and go, Oh man, like that's a, that's an awesome movie, right? And I really love it. Uh, and The Witch is super not that movie. I knew um, that. <laughs> yeah, The Witch is, um, I was really bored. Really? Um, yeah, I, I didn't actually find it that horrific. Um, like I wasn't, it's funny, the night before, uh, when I, when I decided I wasn't going to be able to make it and, um, and Dan and I were sort of talking about like, well, may- maybe we'll go tomorrow if we can, but, um, so the next or that that night I had talked to you and he, you were like, oh man, I'm I'm really excited and interested to see what you'll think of it. He's like, because you were like, oh, it's it's really rough to watch. And that was the most suspenseful thing of the movie for me <laughs> was that when stuff would start to build, I'd be like, oh, Ryan said this movie was fucked up. I think it's about to get fucked up, <laughs> and then it wouldn't get that fucked up. Um, and there was some stuff like you know there was there were certainly some slightly disturbing moments, but like I just I didn't I I cared about the main girl. But like the story that they were telling, I just I ended up f- feeling pretty cold about. Um, and the ending to me is not shocking or cool. I would have just as soon when I, I would have just as soon she sort of go completely the opposite way, mm-hmm. right? Like just fucking Hansel and Gretel this shit, you know? Um, that would have been kind of cool. Uh, but you know, I, I think that the 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 acting and the writing and all of the stuff about them being. Um, puritans mm-hmm. was really pretty cool and the suspense there and sort of the tensions of like like uh, you know I-, I love the scene when they're out in the woods uh and they're they're looking for the baby or, or trying to catch the wolves that may have taken the baby uh i'm a younger the the sort of middle-aged son is like dad does this mean that the baby went to hell 
Like, what? what is... Hey, like he's asking these really tough questions, and that is really suspenseful. And what they're what they're toying with there is is potentially really dark. Um, but it doesn't. It didn't make for like you know a really horrible movie for me. I was just um, curious because uh, out of all of us, you're the religious one, right? And yeah. I didn't know if it would strike a chord. No, with you. because I I watched that and go like, yeah, those people were wrong. Um, <laughs> like, like it's it's hard for me to to watch. You know, people say stuff like that, and yes, what they're saying is really horrible. But I look at it and go like, yeah, that's incorrect. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, there's a there's a witch in the woods, and maybe we should kill that bitch because that's fucked up. Um, I was more interested in like, I would have loved to have more of the witch and more of like. What does she mean, and what are we doing about her? And because it is, yeah, I mean, it it is. It's more a movie about those sort of religious questions that um, are not interesting questions to me. I, I don't know if the movie, like, if some people are going to walk away from it and feel like it's very damning against religion. If so, that's too bad, because um, that religion's kind of dead for a reason. Um, because you know, it's it's a lot of fun to go read. Uh, uh, sinners in the hands of an angry God, but it's not necessarily something that people follow very, very much anymore. Um, so yeah, it's just not, I was very sort of nonplussed by the whole thing. Mm -hmm. By the end, I was like, okay, well that wasn't, that wasn't that disturbing. And, um, I, th I think it could have been like when there's the sort of exorcism scene in the middle, that was probably the most disturbing. Yeah. But again, it was kind of going back to like, I knew it was supposed to be fucked up. So I thought like, I thought he was, his like chest was gonna burst open like the thing, or like, like <laughs> I really thought something horrible was gonna happen. Um, and so, you know, the, the the suspense and the the um, paranoia was good, but I, I don't know that it delivered on it mm -hmm. necessarily because the end is sort of like a. I guess it's an interesting question, but it, it's just not. It didn't say anything that I really took away and was like, oh, that was really cool, you know. Um, and there are plenty of, you know, religious or sacrilegious movies that I do take something away. Mm -hmm. um, but this that was just not one of them. So, um, not saying that it's a bad movie. Just as the guy who's not a horror fan, it wasn't for me. You know? It's actually a really well-made, beautiful film. So, um, anyway, moving on. Um, I also watched... Uh, I rewatched Steve Jobs and Moneyball and Lincoln, and all of those are fantastic. <laughs> uh, I sort of had... Last weekend was sort of a... Uh, I need to watch a lot of movies that are really well written. Mm. Um, and those were all sort of on deck. And Steve Jobs, obviously, had just come out, so I need to rewatch it. Uh, I also watched through, uh, All of Love, which is the new series on Netflix. Uh, it stars Gillian Jacobs and I believe his name is Paul. It's uh, a Judd Apatow one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a show produced by and, and somewhat written, like created by Judd Apatow. Uh, I think he directs the first episode, but doesn't direct any of the rest. And he wrote a few of the first few episodes, and then he stops writing it as well. Uh, but he's he's clearly very involved. Uh, and basically, it's a story of... It starts off with uh, Gillian Jacobs and the other guy, whose name escapes me. Um, they they both are... Paul Rust? Paul, yeah, I think it is. I think yeah. it's Paul Rust, yeah. Um and, and he's fantastic. Uh, I've never seen him before. Really kind of like intentionally dweeby, but but funny. Um, very real feeling person. Um, and they they both break up with their significant others, and they have drastically different lives. Um, you know, Paul Rust's character is is actually pretty stable. 
Um, but is kind of boring, which is why his girlfriend breaks up with him to begin with, sort of. Um, and then Gillian Jacobs plays, uh, like her boyfriend is a cokehead who, uh, <laughs> who, uh, <laughs> has his mother take him to go buy pants. Um, and she's, she's got a lot of other problems. And what I think is really brilliant about this show is, it starts off as a pretty straightforward sort of comedy. It feels a lot like a, like the, it starts off feeling a lot like the funny parts of a Jed, Jed Apatow film, but he clearly wrote those characters and scripted sort of what the overall plot of the season was so that while it was going to remain funny and still be fresh and interesting and you were going to enjoy watching it, he was very slowly going to reveal these things about these characters that made it much more of a drama by the end than you would have expected in a actually fairly traditional Judd Apatow way, right? Um, I end up really feeling for both of these characters and and thinking that they're very dynamic characters that um, I want to see more about uh, in a way that I don't usually from most sitcoms. Um, and he makes it entertaining the whole way around. I mean, the first episode is, or the first couple episodes is basically that just you know they their sort of backstory and then they run into each other at the end of the episode and the next episode is just them just like bombing around and smoking weed in the car and like getting to know each other um and as their friendship and relationship grows that's when you start getting these like you know little scenes off to the side where you start to learn like oh she's got this this big problem that she's got to deal with uh there's a great episode with andy dick uh, where she runs around. I don't think I've ever heard those words combined. There, I will say it again. There's a great episode <laughs> with Andy Dick where she runs around with Andy Dick all day. Um, and he's, he's amazing. Like he's really good and he's really funny. Um, and that's maybe one of the most, uh, emotional and character driven episodes as far as like sort of realize. I mean, if you know anything about Andy Dick, you can probably put two to two, two and two together. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's really fantastic. Um, it's one of the better things that, that Netflix has made. So totally worth checking out. Uh, on the flip side, uh, today I watched about, well, I won't tell you how much I watched. Um, I've watched, I watched all of the first season of, going back a few years, I watched all of the first season of Two Broke Girls. Basically just out of curiosity, right? Like, I'm a guy who can watch a whole se- series of a show that I know is bad just because I'm like, well, I kind of want to know, you know, and it wasn't until the finale, which was an hour long episode was I finally like, man, this is really dumb. And I turned it off. Right. Uh, I got about 16 minutes into fuller house before <laughs> I turned it off. Um, that thing is such an abysmal, embarrassing television full show. House wasn't, uh, no, I, I'd never liked full house, but I was just so damn curious. Uh, cause I heard people talking it, about it. Okay. It is the best move in Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen's career that they are not involved in this thing. They still have one. It is yes. also yes. It is also the best joke in the whole 16 minutes that I watched where they uh there's this horrible scene of exposition where uh they're all like coming in one at a time and the bad fake audience is like applauding and so excited that John Stamos is back and then he's going to say his line that you remember blah and uh, it's so ham-fisted and corny, and there's this scene where they're all, like, 
very forcedly be like telling you what their new occupations are and they're all so pot like you know so wealthy now and they're very successful in their jobs and everything is great for all these people um and it's 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 worse than the like the third to last ending of lord of the rings you know where they're coming in doing jazz hands and everything slow motion and they're jumping on the bed <laughs> it's worse than that um but the best joke in the opening is they're doing all of that, and they they mention whatever the Olsen twins character's name was, um, uh, and Michelle. Michelle, yes, right. Uh, so they mention Michelle, and they're like, "Oh, Michelle's really busy in New York with her fashion job, with her giant fashion thing, um, so she's not going to be able to make it." And then they all stop and turn and stare at the camera, and it's a long, like, really long pause break of the fourth wall. And it's the funniest, most intelligent joke in the in the episode, and it's the best joke because it doesn't have any dialogue involved. <laughs> um, it's it's awful. It's absolutely abysmal. It's one of the worst shows I've ever seen. I and I wanted it to be like I kind of expected like this is gonna be bad, but I'll watch through it the way that I watched through two, two broke girls. And this will just be like a funny thing that like, Oh, I'll make fun of how dumb it was, but I watched <laughs> the whole thing. You know, like I wanted to wear it as like a badge of honor, you know, like five minutes in. That's how I felt. Cause I was like, man, this is really like complete dog shit. Like I could watch this whole thing and be the guy who watched all of fuller house. No, I can't be that guy. You didn't even get a bronze I, trophy. I, <laughs> right. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I didn't need it. I did not need it. Like it's so awful. You should totally check it out. It's really bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's what I watched this week. Brad, um, I actually I, I, last week I don't think I talked about Deadpool because I missed oh, that yeah. week. Oh yeah, and that movie's awesome. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. It's great. So there's that. And um, X go and give it to you. <laughs> um, God, what, uh, Master of None. I finished Ma- Master of None, which is a Netflix show. Um, the last half of the series kind of fo- focuses more on, um, um, Aziz's relationship with this girl, uh, they took to Nashville and, uh, it's weird. The, the last episode is all about like, like fast forwarding through it. So like a year, there's a couple scenes that are like, you know, December, January, February. And as their relationship gets more and more complicated, cause th- there were these common situations that would happen where in my experience, like that would drive us apart and break up. And I was like, Oh, okay. They're going to, they're going to show you the solution. And things just kind of just happen. There's no resolution. Like it just naturally solves itself. There's no, like no specific, like, Hey, we did this and our relationship stayed together. It's right. just like, it just, it just moves on to the next scene and they're still together and stuff. Hmm. So, um, but yeah, this show is really funny, interesting. And, um, I'm not sure it sets up anything for the next season. If there's even going to be one, there is. They just yeah. renewed it last week or two weeks ago. So, but it ended in a self-contained way. So, yeah, like, there's not much to. So you've you've watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched it um, a few months ago. I, I I think it's fantastic. Yeah, uh, I really liked it. I think it's like a like a lighter, um, a lighter, more playful version of Louis. Um, like it's that same sort of. It's walking that line between being funny and being like a dramatic show. Mm-hmm. Um, like I would put it in the same boat as like a Louis or a Girls or something like that. Um, that's mostly about relationships, but you know, it's got just some life stuff in there. Um, and is funny some of the times, but is also just a really well-written, um, sort of lighthearted drama. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like it. Uh, and would be excited to see another season. Uh, yeah, I love his parents. 
<laughs> every episode his parents are in were it was just fantastic. Yeah. Um yeah. Or when he has that great. uh like Home Depot commercial and he has the giant rake but he's so tiny like in the frame that the director's <laughs> like, Yeah, we gotta recast him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's his his other rival, of course. Yeah. Right. The super fit Indian guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's um, really good. We're checking it out. It's a lot better than Fuller House. Yeah. But not as good as Love. Um, and then, oh, so I finally, Netflix has had Men in Black 2 <laughs> hidden on their roster for a while. And I've been waiting for it to be on there because I will not even pay $6 to own it <laughs> on DVD just to figure out. You can get a used copy for a dollar at Tradesmart. <laughs> oh, yeah, if I bought something else. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> something good. Um, but anyway, so I was like, okay, I haven't seen it since 2002 when it came out and I thought it was awful then. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was too harsh. And I, it was better then. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> I, I don't, don't remember it. I don't remember how That's horrible. That's the one where, she, where it rains because she's sad? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a bad movie. Yeah. yeah. So Rosario Dawson's in it. Forgot that. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny Knoxville has a second head in it. Forgot mm-hmm. that. Yep. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, the jokes are all flat. Like it's, it's, the perfect i would use this as the perfect example to show like corporate product placement yep and recycling like a movie made by committee like not artists who are like hey let's take this element that everyone like we did a focus group and everyone liked this from the first movie this from the first movie right now just do all that again i don't think there is like a single real like well-written joke in the whole thing it's mostly just like hey we have a deal with mercedes-benz so now we so all now we got the new hotness. Yeah, the new yeah. hotness. Um, what else? The special effects are probably the worst part of the movie. Like, but those are going to be dated just because they're. I mean, but even compared to like, a th- lot of the original was was um was not CGI. All the composites are so flat. Like when when Will Smith is riding oh. the slug through the subway and he's oh, like yeah, dodging horrible. the things hanging from the ceiling. I remember it's yeah, like it a all. cutout. It's I just do. sitting on. Yep, the it's slug. Real bad. And then, yeah, Johnny Knoxville's second head is like another cutout. It's yeah. just like attached to, like Rick Baker's in the movie. He must be sitting there going like, <laughs> he's on camera and like all this, there's some like actual puppeteered aliens yeah. in that scene, but he has, he must watch the movie. Like I was here, guys. <laughs> I was here. Right you had me. I could have fixed this for you. You don't think I can make a puppeteered Johnny Knoxville second head? Yeah. I got one just sitting around. The first movie has great animatronic stuff like oh, that. It's that yeah, oh, it's, it's amazing. baffling that they just went, yeah. And then, of course, uh, Laura Flynn Boyle's, like, the whole story is that she's just after this amulet. Right, yeah. And it's there's it, no it description is a, of what it's going to do for her other than that she wants it. Right. It is a... It, now that I think about it and you describe it, I realize that it, it's along the lines of your, like... Pirates of the Caribbeans, where they made sequels and didn't remember. It feels like they don't remember why the first one's great. Yeah, and so they make this movie, and you're just like, that, like I get what you're going for, but this is not what anyone wanted from a sequel. Like that was a cool. The first one is a, a, a I would go so far as to say, fantastic, like action comedy adventure. Um, and the action in the second one is pretty bad, and the story that they have is pretty dumb, and it's not very funny. Uh, yeah, it that's a rough movie. The cartoon show, though, was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's such a good example of just straight up like it's a sequel because we wanted a sequel. Like, yeah, we mm. wanted to make it's the pure cash and like 
That's when Will I hate Smith's... saying that because I wasn't on the crew. Like I'm sure there were passionate artists working on it, despite the fact that this it's but feels like a studio. Sometimes you just take a passion. job. You know, yeah, yeah. Those guys. But when you watch it, like all I get from it is just like, hey, we we sold a bunch of ad space, and here's a movie that people are going to pay eight bucks to see. And yeah. do you think maybe they ran out of time too? Maybe it got rushed in. That's why the composites were so bad, or just maybe I'm, but even if they did like the the cgi being bad is not the reason why the movie's bad there's plenty of good cgi in 2002 like this right. is like and but yeah it, even if the cgi were good it would make the movie good the end yeah. of that movie is like the story's still flat the jokes yeah. are still flat well, i know they like, had to reshoot the ending because originally it took place on top of the world trade center oh really yeah <laughs> either way it's still the, i'm sure that the events are still the same you still have Agent K say, it rains because you're sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. Like, that's not... It didn't It didn't necessarily need to be like a we-have-to-save-the-universe story. Like, all you needed was a cool adventure where there's aliens on the Earth, and they're not nice aliens, and we need to run into some fun aliens, and that's what we wanted. Um, Actually, I will say, like, Patrick Warburton crying because he... <laughs> in the diner because he couldn't do the job right. Like, he knows he's going to get mind-wiped. Oh, that was yeah. pretty funny. And then David Cross later, like I forgot they go back. The David Cross character—he's yeah. not a mortician anymore. He runs a video store, right? Um, yeah, that's right. When uh, they flash him after they check out that tape, like that Twilight Zone tape, um, they wipe his memory, and then they just, he and his girlfriend decide to go to I think Florida or something. He, but he lives with his mom, so he picks up a shovel. And he's like, "Hey, mom!" Considering <laughs> he's gonna kill her. Yeah. To, right. to get inheritance money to go to Florida. I remember that. That was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. That, that felt like an ad lib. Probably. I don't like remember. Like on set that I day. I couldn't tell you anything about that movie except that factoid I, I know. I I would say that if they had if they had taken the story from Men in Black 3 and done it then, uh, I think they would have made... They, they could have kept that series going. I think that there's a lot of stuff I don't like about Man in Black 3, but just that story of like going back into Kay's past, mm-hmm. that that could have been enough to it's Way to better than just good. pulling him from the post office and trying to make yeah. him remember. Right, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, it just flashed in my head. The part where uh, Z, Zed, yeah. he's in his office and it's then... Canadian. Um, the That's Laura Flynn Boyle joke. shows up to, and he like on wires flips over her and like tries to kick her and like kicks her in the face like five times. Oh, like he suddenly knows karate or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I forgot that was dumb. <sighs> wow. It was I remember this rough. movie pretty well. I'm, do. I'm yeah. amazed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't at all. And then Johnny Knoxville just disappears, right? Like no, he's, he's in the fight at the end, isn't he? The, the very end on the rooftop? No, 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 not the very end. No, like when they're fighting. In he the... helps her get into uh MIB headquarters. Yes, but then, and then I don't think he does anything. All of a sudden, that. there's that one dude with the huge cloak that's actually five of himself and they're like little pods. Right. Yes. Like I, I don't see. I don't remember seeing Knoxville after and that guy so, shows up. That's so not as cool as like, like the animatronic head of a Mexican dude at the beginning of the first. Yeah. You know, like that shot when we were talking about the 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 animatronic effects in the first movie. That's the thing that I'm like. That movie's so good. Um, cause that head and then the alien underneath it is so cool looking. Um, and then, yeah, you've got this guy who's like, I'm a, I'm five dudes, five heads in a, in a jacket. Like, no, it's not so UFO pods. Yeah. Not yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, it's too bad. It's a little too wacky cartoon show. Pretty good though. Johnny Knoxville shows up in it. It's, it's all right. Um, and then the last thing I, I watched, I'm on season three of the Simpsons right now. 
you know, cool. that's is that show good? That's the point where it gets classic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, obviously, season one, one and two are great, but season three has like flaming Moe's mm-hmm. and the the baseball one uh, has one of my favorite lines from a celebrity, uh, I guess, guest voice. Uh, wow, what are you drinking? It's brain tonic. It's like there's a party in my mouth and everyone's invited. <laughs> they say that twice. There's another episode where uh, I think Homer says it. Does he really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was surprised. I was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't supposed to be until the baseball one. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've forgotten it, but there was a, I think it was actually for season two, a line of uh, Homer goes to the bank to try and cash Mr. Burns' check. He goes like, Hello, my name is Mr. Burns. I believe you have a letter. Or no, it's the letter. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Burns, first name, please. The Dick Van Dyke show <laughs> thing where uh, yeah. Millie put out all the letters. Yeah. So this is the Simpsons version of it. Yeah. <laughs> I believe you have a letter for me. Okay, Mr. Burns, what's your first name? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just cuts. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, cool. That's it for me, Ryan. Uh, actually, I didn't watch very much this week. I played a lot of video games. Um, yeah. I am I'm playing Life is Strange, which How is, is it? it's pretty good. It's, cool. Um, it's different. Some of the writing for high schoolers is kind of high schoolish. Yeah, and it's not very good. But I forgive it because I'm sure that's if I walk down a hallway of a high school, um, that's how the kids would talk. But it's basically a story where this girl has powers to rewind, um, time, so she can make uh. Different yeah, choices and yeah, yeah. do stuff. So it's pretty interesting. It's like Prince of Persia before, uh, you know, such as an action game. Yeah. It's, uh, it's episodic. So it, I guess it was originally it was like you could download episodes. Right. Have you gotten know. to the end of the first act? Uh, no. Oh, okay. I'm still playing it. It's pretty fun though. Um, I got the Mega Man collection. Cool. Uh, it has all the original six Mega Mans. It's cool if you get the, uh, the physical copy. It comes with a little card that tells you how to beat all the robot masters. Uh, but it doesn't tell you how to beat them when you get to Dr. Wily's levels. So, you know, you still got to be a Mega Man player for those. Yeah. Is, is it the same Mega Man collection that was on the GameCube? No. The only bummer is, is it doesn't have uh, the two fighting games and it doesn't have seven or eight. Mm. So I'm hoping that they're going to release another one that has all kind of the obscure ones. Um, but it also comes with Mega Man stickers and uh, download. You can download three songs from every Mega Man game onto your computer. So it's pretty cool. Um, it's fun. I've already beat the first three Mega Mans. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm I'm pretty good at them, and I I when I play them, I remember them from my youth. I even remember the patterns of they have these blocks and they go, and you have to time them right and jump. And I remember the patterns. Hmm. You think I'd get stuck at them, but I just freaking fly through them. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I've played these games in like 20 years. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, the few things I did watch, I've been watching Married with Children, and I'm still having fun watching that. Um. I sometimes the internet memes uh crack me up with michael scott so i watched a bunch of the office because <laughs> i had to watch the episode if uh one of my favorite michael scott moments is if he was locked in a room with a gun with three bullets and there was osama bin laden adolf hitler and toby he'd shoot toby twice and, and just uh so i try to find episodes where michael scott is really funny and over the line um i i i yeah, so I love my my favorite episode of The Office is Gay Witch Hunt because he's just Josh so, Sweden. He's just so bad in that one. Yeah, um, and I love too because that was so innovative about that show is it would start you like mid story because in that one it starts with Michael arguing with Toby about how faggy is a bad word mm-hmm. and he doesn't <laughs> understand 
why it is. Uh, <laughs> and you know, then he goes th- his interview, and he said, "If I knew Toby, I mean, if I knew Oscar was gay, I would never call him faggy. You know, I would never call a retarded person a retard. You call your friends retards when they're acting retarded. <laughs> <laughs> Just like his, how insensitive he is, mm-hmm. and how great Steve Carell is at." delivering those lines and still making you like him i think a great tribute to him as an actor Mm. so i just watched a bunch of the office uh and the only movie i watched this week is i finally got a chance to watch bone tomahawk which is with uh kurt russell Uh, he plays a sheriff in this town called new bright i remember when i edited the trailer for this into the film explosion that this this movie looked fucking rough uh, it's pretty awesome it's um so the story is is uh Kurt Russell plays a sheriff in a town called New Bright, and a drifter played by David Arquette comes into town, and he so you know it starts like a normal western. Oh well, actually <laughs> that's a lie. The opening <laughs> the opening shot is uh, this dude's like sleeping, and then he, uh, David Arquette jumps on top of him and starts sawing his throat, and that's how it opens. And you, it, but you, so then it goes to New Bright and the people say, oh, there's a drifter in town. We don't know who he is. And so Kurt Russell goes to the saloon and he says, you know, when you come into a civilized town, you look at a man when he talks to you. And so David Arquette looks at him and tries to run away and Kurt Russell shoots him in the leg. Um, it's pretty badass. Hmm. And then they try to figure out who he is. And uh, so he puts him in jail and they bring the doctor as this lady uh, and her husband is Patrick Wilson. There's lots of great actors in this movie. Uh, uh I can't remember the guy who plays the assistant. He's an older actor. Oh my god. Alan Arkin. No. But along the lines of that, I can't remember, I can't believe I can't remember his name. Bruce Valanche. Nope. <laughs> Anyways, he's great in it. But so they leave the doctor and working on David Arquette's uh, leg. And in the next morning, uh, they go back and they're missing and there's uh, an arrow sticking in the wall. And uh, it turns out they're taken by this tribe that uh native american tribe that doesn't really speak uh they communicate with like these voice boxes that they put in their throats and they're like growls and like yells that they sound like monsters and uh, they pretty much chase them throughout uh so they're going to they live far away and they're going to get the doctor back so matthew fox is in it um he's really great he plays kind of like the town dandy so he's always well dressed but when like shit hits the fan, he's fucking a badass. Uh, there's this badass scene. So he he tells he's basically telling him how to survive. And when they're camping out, and he sets up, you know, like the trip wire. So if anybody crosses it, it goes, you know, it, like dings like tin cans. And so uh, one night, these a uh, couple of Mexican guys hit it, and he says, "Hey, you know, we don't want any trouble, friend. We're just uh, passing by and we're you know saying hi." And so this. Uh, guy is talking to him and Matthew Fox just kills him, both of these dudes. And they said, Hey, I didn't tell you to shoot. And it, it's great. But then they, uh, then you find out that these, uh, Native Americans are cannibals and, um, there's some pretty gruesome scenes in it. And it's pretty badass because it's like a Western revenge thriller with horror <laughs> mixed into it. And yeah, it was awesome. So, uh, Henry recommended it and it's something I wanted to see and I would definitely, uh, go see it. Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins. Oh. There you go. Yeah. He's great in it. I love Richard Jenkins. Uh, there's this wonderful scene. Uh, so he's, they finally catch up to the doctor and he's talking to her and yeah, he's talking about a flea circus and how one of the last things the he did with his wife is, Papa, can't you see the fleas? Oh, daddy, oh, do you see the fleas? I wanted to show them something that was real. Fleas on parade.
Jurassic Park. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Sorry. That was not a very good Hammond. Fuck off. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I thought there was like a little bit of Louisiana accent in there. Like, yeah. <laughs> can't you see the fleas? Uh, yeah, I thought he was that one firefly from freaking Princess and the Frog. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the um, racist one? But anyways, he, uh, so they're sitting there talking and they're talking about the one of the last things he did with his wife before she passed away was they went to this flea circus and he was telling the story of how he was sure that the fleas were alive and his wife was telling uh, him that they're me- uh, mechanized. And the doctor said, no, I'm pretty sure they're real. And the way he acts, he's so excited that they were real. And it's kind of the doctor was making him feel better about what was going to happen because, um, yeah, the Native Americans weren't very nice. Gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an awesome movie. So if you want to see a sweet, sweet Western, um, I do, I would definitely recommend Bone Tomahawk. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's what I watched this week. I also, I finished playing Rise of the Tomb Raider since you were talking about my video. Oh, games. cool. Yeah. It's not. It's not as good as the first one. Do you get to kill people with bow and arrow though? You do. Yeah, I'll play. And you you want to kill people with the bow and arrow because all of the shooting sucks, other than the bow and arrow. No, I'll get it when it comes on PS4. Oh no, you you totally should. Yeah. You, I mean, I'm I, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't rush out and buy an Xbox to play it. Oh yeah, no, it I I would have been very disappointed had I done that. So cool. Um, yeah. So yeah. It's all right. All I have to do is wait till April 26th when my Uncharted comes in, and I'll be happy. Yeah. It just it lacks the polish that even the mm. last one did. Bummer. Had so yeah. Anyway, cool. cool. Um, hey, what's coming out on Blu-rays? Ignition sequence start. Whoa, DVDs. I actually know what's coming out. I'm getting a movie next week. Yeah? The the A-Team? No. Rocky. Rocky? Yeah. That's not in Creed. Oh, Creed's coming out next week. Oh, it's loading so slow. Creed is coming out next week. Um, So, second best movie of 2000. The the thing you sent me uh, from the kids acting movies from 10 years ago, even when they were doing that speech from Rocky Balboa, even though the kid's not acting as well as Sylvester Stallone. As soon as I was started, still... like, oh, fuck, that's Rocky Balboa. Yeah. Oh, I was so excited. You get hit, you get back up. Yeah. God, I love it. And keep moving forward. Yeah. Oh, I would do so that. Good. That ain't you. <laughs> oh, let's go watch Rocky Balboa. Watch Rocky Balboa. <laughs> right. Oh, the Martian is coming out this week. Um, on wait. Ultra oh, HD. on Ultra HD. Yeah, yeah. So the, so the Martian and Sicario are getting 4D, 4K versions. Yeah. Uh, oh, I bet Sicario looks great. You guys gonna oh, upgrade to 4K? No. In a couple years. Yeah, when I have a TV and a pl- well, the the Blu-ray players will play it, right? Uh, I don't think no. you need a new player. You, have, you need a new player. Oh, do you? Yeah, because okay. yeah, it's because uh, the player puts it out at I think 2060. Oh, yeah. You would need a new. Yeah. You would need the new output. Yeah. Yeah, and right now, I mean, I'm not rich, and I think the Blu-ray players right now are like 400 bucks. Yeah, it's gonna be. A while. And the movies are 35. Yeah, and, and 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 I've been reading reviews. My HD looks pretty damn good. I was reading review reviews of them on Blu-ray.com, and he said the guy and I said, "Yeah, they they look pretty good, but it, right now it's so such in its infancy that yeah, yeah, it's I might skip that generation. I might, yeah. I might start going digital. I've already no, I'm not Fuck yeah. digital. <laughs> digital doesn't have. I mean, before I go to an H, before I change everything out, I think I would just make that leap. 
Um, I don't know if I if I could get it in a high a high enough quality, you know. But either way, I'm just like I've bought it, a lot of stuff on VHS and then DVD and now Blu-ray. I'm just like, right. And this thing is like even in the reviews on Blu-ray.com, he said, "You I mean it, it's kind of better, but it's not, you know, oh, drastically man. better." Yeah, so I'll be fine. The thing is, like on DVD though, like when Blu-ray first came out, like I didn't, I was like, oh, it didn't seem that different. But then when I actually sat at home and watched one, it did. It oh, did. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I mean. When I was at Best Buy checking out the Ultra Blu-rays, I mean, they looks really they nice. Look cool. Again, they have it on a ten thousand dollar TV too. Yeah. And... Right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. well, for those of us buying Blu-rays, you can also get Legend, the Tom Hardy, Tom uh, Hardy, Tom Hardy film. <laughs> if, Tom uh, Hardy, Tom Hardy film. If you'd like to, Strange Brew is getting a Blu-ray release. Sweet, that movie's funny. Give him uh, jelly. He likes jelly. <laughs> the Am I the bo- only one who's seen Strange Brew in this? I've group? seen it, but it was a while ago. Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> Um, the night, the yeah, the night before, which is the Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Seth Rogen movie, uh, where it's like Christmas or something, uh, which looks I think it's funny. <laughs> it just came out when no, there's I think too it's many the movies that Christmas. came out. Yeah, it's literally it's the night before Christmas, Not the yeah. night before Hanukkah. There's eight night before Hanukkah. Right, but don't they build up to the night before with no, Hanukkah? I, I think it's Christmas. Okay, hey, I think it's called Passover. I think one of them is a Jew, and so he. Has a Hanukkah sweater. Yeah, I Seth think Rogen. I think it's the Jewish one. Anyway, uh, the Danish girl is getting its its release. Um, so it, you can does anybody else? Tomorrow's the Academy Awards. If yeah. Alicia Vikander wins for the Danish girl, I'm just going to say she won for Ex Machina. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, <laughs> fuck off. Yes, hundred um, percent. The Last Witch Hunter and Ender's Game and Expendables Three are also getting 4K releases. Okay, Expendables um, Three. Uh. There's some Tony Collette, Drew Barrymore movie called Miss You Already. Mm, sounds great. Yeah. Um, some anime thing. Every time I hear Tony Collette talk in real life, I forget she's Australian. Oh, that's right. Yeah, see? Yeah. She's really good at not being Australian. Uh, season one of Childhood's End. or is, Was it a season or was that a miniseries? Either way, Childhood's End is getting its Blu-ray release, which is a sci-fi adaptation of a Sir Arthur Conan Doyle story. Um, so maybe check that out. Uh, I'm scrolling through a lot of these like 4K releases, so it's there's a lot of yeah. It's it came out like last week, so now they're just pushing a bunch of them out. Oh shit! Oh man, there's a movie coming out this week called Transformations. Is that a is that a ripoff of Transform? Oh no, well, no, it's no, not. It's from like the 80s. Oh, okay, from here it looked the big monster thing in the background looks like um like Megatron, mm-hmm. and so I was like, oh. It's it's like it's Transmorphers. It's another Transmorphers ripoff. Uh anyway, that's all I'm seeing. Pineapple Express mm-hmm. on 4K. Yep, Creed. Cuz I can't Creed. wait I can't wait to cry again when Schwar- uh, Schwarzenegger Stallone tells me. Oh man. I'm back there. Stopped, like all those fighting. other guys on that wall. Uh, no, you don't stop fighting. You fight, I fight. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, that movie's great. The movie's great. Anyway, that's Blu-rays this week. Cool. Comic books? Sure. There was a time when it was all about comics for me. You know, I I had a girl probably the same as yours. She always complained that I spent too much time with my own comics. And uh, eventually we broke up. See, what did she know? Here you are now, a legend in the field. Probably had a slew of women censor, am I right? Oh, lots of women. Jagger and me, we had a running contest to see who had the most. Matter of fact, last time I looked, I was way ahead. 
Damn, that's hot. But I never forgot that girl. Uh, mine's kind of uh, old hat, James. What are you uh, excited about? Oh, so I have been taking longer poops lately. Mm. Uh, and the reason is that I, I'm not a guy who reads in the bathroom. Um, I'm pretty good at it, so I'm pretty quick. Uh, but I recently at Tradesmart, <laughs> I'm going someplace. Hold on. Okay. I recently at Tradesmart, I got the complete series of Bone, um, in like a, a single issue, yeah. a single, you know, thing. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll just put this in the bathroom because it's like, it's, you know, it's simple reading and I'll work my way through it. Um, but now it's like, it encourages me when I go in there where I'm like, I can just... <laughs> I could just stay here for a while and read some more Bone. <laughs> or you could go read it in your room. I mean, I could, yeah, but that's where it is. It's in the bathroom. Mm. Um, anyway, it's fantastic. Uh, Bone is a um, it's written by Jeff Smith, and it um, it's like it's like cartoony. Like mm-hmm. it's it's written. It, it got really popular among like your eight to twelve year old kids, uh, but that's not to say that it's only for kids. Like it's really entertaining and fun. Uh, it it's the story of these three guys from a small town called boneville and they're like these very cartoonish sort of um they're just kind of like blobs like they don't you know they've got hands and feet and heads like disney characters yeah exactly yeah but they don't have they're not clearly like a mouse or anything Mm -hmm. like they're they're bone people or something like they're just white and they don't have a lot to define them other than like one wears a t-shirt with a star and like that's how you tell them apart one of them's a little taller um and they get kicked out of boneville because the one's really rich, but he's an asshole. Uh, and then they get lost in this, like, in this valley. Uh, and there's these, there's all these creatures there, and there's humans there. And, and you just keep running into these, these different characters and these different little adventures. And usually every story, the reason why it's really good for the uses I'm using it for is that usually there's, like, four or five pages of one little, like, oh, we gotta go talk to this person. And they go, and there's a funny little thing. And then, oh, we're gonna go do this. Um, and so in an issue, there's, you know, a number of fun little things that happen. It moves along pretty quick, is what I'm saying. Um, and the, the characters are really fun. It's really lighthearted. Um, it's got that same sort of like a, like a Disney or a Looney Tunes cartoon sort of sentiment to it where it, you know, all of a sudden the rat creatures will come up and they'll talk about how they want to eat, uh, uh, phony bone and, you know, he's completely lost and then he like pulls a little trick over on him and runs away. And that's the end of the confrontation, right? So it's that kind of like just real lighthearted kind of a read. Um, but it's really fantastic. Like I find myself just like laughing at it and, and re- enjoying these new characters. I'm not super far into it, but I, I do. I, I want to just, I want to read through the whole thing really fast, but I'm trying to pace myself. Um, there's also the one that I have is the original like black and white. Um, but for kids, they've also gone through and colorized it so you can get like a, a version that's you know the first two trades or whatever colorized in a nicer bind the one i got i just like it's it's a cheap version to get the whole thing mm-hmm. uh and i'm pretty sure that once i get through it i'll probably start buying really nice versions of all of it and maybe rereading it in color um because it is it's really cool it's totally worth checking out if you've got kids in that age you should totally buy them this book uh go to color to trade uh coins cards and comics and and get it there i'm sure that they have a number of different versions of bone because it's it's wildly popular uh i just never gotten a chance to read it so it's cool i'm liking it cool yeah mine is uh just uh, it's spider-man but i was every once in a while i dig deep into spider-man mythos because uh 
there's something I might have missed. And when the original Green Goblin came back to end the clone saga because it was a mess, um, I mean, the story is pretty good. It's called Revelations. And, um, in it, 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 it's basically they're trying to tie up almost three years of Spider-Man stories that made no sense at all. <laughs> and I, to couple it with, I, I, I read the history of Marvel Comics and I have creators take on Spider-Man. And basically what happened with the Spider-Man clone saga is the editors, it wasn't creative driven. It was the editors because the Spider-Man stories kept on selling really well. Mm. So they'd be like, Oh, here's Judas Traveler and the writers and the artists would be like, well, who the fuck is he? And they're like, I don't know. Just you decide. And so they would just keep putting him in stories and they couldn't figure out anything that was happening. And the editors kept on saying, oh, it needs to go longer. It needs to go longer. It needs to go longer. We'll stretch this out. And then they try to make the clone Spider-Man, the real Spider-Man. So all the stories that you read for the past 20 years was with a clone Spider-Man. So Spider-Man fans were upset. And uh, they so they brought in a new editor. And his first job to all the writers says, you need to fix this, and I want this to end now. And they said, well, what do you want to do? He says, you need to bring back Harry Osborn, uh, the second Green Goblin. Right. And one of the writers said, uh, I mean, I don't know, that that ended so well. Uh, how about we bring back Norman Osborn? And they said, well, you're messing with a classic story, and people are going to be pissed off. And they said, yeah, but we have a great idea. And he said, all right, run with it. And so they released this four-part series called Revelations, and... Um, as I was just reading, I don't know, I was, I was reading about the Clone Saga a couple weeks ago. Um, I found that the <laughs> trade paperback of Revelations has 14 pages that were cut from the original Green Goblin's Return. Oh, wow. And I said, wow, that's a lot that's of a pages. Whole, that's a whole book. Yeah. So uh, it's out of print. So I, I thought I saw it at Coins Card. So I went there and I asked Andrew. He said, oh, no, man, I can't. I don't have it. He said, I can order it for you. I said, uh, or you can get it on Amazon. He looked it up for me. It's like 10 bucks on Amazon. Yeah. So I got it on Amazon. And... The 14 pages that are missing, uh, are pretty good. Um, <laughs> they, cause there's a part, are, they, are where, they spread out throughout the book or is it like one? It's like, it's like a sub story. No, it's in, it takes place in the story. So in the story, um, the, the pre, the part before you find out Norman Osborne's back and uh, it, it's actually a pretty, horrific story he has a woman induce labor on mary jane and it makes kills their baby and so norman uh knocks out ben riley who is a clone spider-man well the real spider-man in quotes and then he um then peter rushes to the hospital to be with mary jane and then the doctor injects him with something and he passes out and uh so he wakes up and norman's there and he's uh he's saying he came back because Spider-Man killed his son, uh, which then makes how Harry Osborn's back worthless. <sighs> Anyways. Um, anyway, so it's this great long, like three page monologue that the Green Goblin gives. And the reason he came back is he's tired of Spider-Man. He's tired of him, uh, you know, being happy. He said, you should be, uh, you should be sad. I came back and I made this clone come back and you're happy and you quit and you stop being a Spider-Man and I can't have that. And Spider-Man says, well, I'm sorry to tell you, I'm not the real Spider-Man. He's like, no, you're the real Spider-Man. And then it goes to this 10-page thing of what he did to the clone. And it's just 10 pages of Norman Osborn lecturing him and kicking the shit out of him. And so it bridges the gap. Because in the original story, there is this huge, like, missing part where uh, Ben is talking to Peter. And he says, oh, yeah, you know, I got beat up by Norman. And then it goes to Peter swinging across to fight Norman. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? 
And then mm. the book actually goes ten, 10 pages of what he did to him. Gotcha. And then um, Spider-Man's fighting the Green Goblin, and at the end, the he the Green Goblin uh, gets pumpkin bombs thrown on him, he kind of goes away. And you think he's dead, and so the end is like six pages of the Green Goblin coming back. Mm. And so it, it kind of bridges this parts of the story that we're missing and it was recolored and they recolored the whole issue and it looks really good. So they actually went all out for this trade paperback. Cool. So yeah, um, I liked it cause it, I love the green goblin and that it gave the story a little more, um, weight to it was really good. And yeah, so very neat. Yeah. Read revelations. If you can find it, <laughs> that's cool. Out of print. Um, what do you want to do next? Movie news. Sure. In other news, the Prime Minister of Sweden visited Washington today, and my tiny little nipples went to France. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. Oh, it's the ghost of Stonewall Jackson! Everyone, it's the ghost of Stonewall Jackson! I like a do... Da cha cha. I'm sorry, we seem to be having some technical difficulties. Uh, this isn't really uh, movie news, but our good friend Tom Sullivan is running for state senate in Colorado, District 27. Um, uh, he uh, he has a. You can go to uh, Sullivan for Colorado on Facebook and like his page, and you can uh, see what he stands for. He's fighting for the middle class families. Uh, obviously he's has a big emphasis on gun violence. Uh, it's, it's really cool to see him branch out. And if you know anything about him and you should, if you listen to our show, you know, he's did a roar rising and he's been going to Washington DC. He's gone to Sandy hook. He's gone to all these places and really put himself out there as he's very active. Exactly. Politically is very active Yeah, and trying to make a difference. And I think anybody trying to make a difference is a good thing. So, um, uh, we're never really political on this show, so I'm not going to tell you to vote for him or not. Right? Um, can we even like? Is that a, like an Aurora? Just like we can't. Yeah, te- technically the three, none of the three no, of us no, can. We can't, but I'm still going to support him. Yeah. And, right. yeah, and give him the thumbs up. Yeah, we don't get political, but you know what he stands for is what I stand for. Uh, I think he's going about it the right way. His bio is really uh, good on there. It makes me say, oh yeah, that's cool. You know, he's a postal worker for 30 years. He's worked really closely. Uh, with Gabby Gifford, who was the Arizona senator who was shot uh, in the head, and now she's a big advocate for gun safety. He's met with Hillary Clinton on a lot of issues, and um, yeah, it's really cool to see him um, take the next level and challenge. Even if he doesn't win, I support him, and I think that uh, if you agree with his views, I think he'd make a great candidate, uh, great representation for the state of Colorado. So good for Tom. It's um, nice to know a yeah. political person, like personally, that you can like vouch for. <laughs> right. yeah, like yeah. trusting everyone's words. Exactly. Yeah. You know, he he might be a, a he sales. might be a Democrat, but um, when you talk to him, he's a real person. He's a genuine person, mm-hmm. and he genuinely cares and wants to make Colorado better. So, um, okay. yeah, I I would definitely uh, check it out. Sullivan for Colorado. Um, we have an interview with him. We do. We do. Somewhere. We do. If you go of course to, it's not, it's not political at all. It's yeah. not political. At all. But if you want to know what kind of man he really is, yeah, um, you can listen to it. it's called uh, "Son of the Fan" or uh, "Father of the Fan." Father of the Fan. Thank you. 
Um, and it's a really great interview we did for about two hours with him. Yeah. And we see him every year at Comic-Con and he's always out there helping people. He's helping Aurora rise. Um, he's helping Vic, like I said, Sandy hook, he's helping all these victims and now he's actually taken the next step. So good for him. He's a fantastic guy. He's a wonderful person. His, uh, his daughter's a wonderful lady. His wife is a wonderful lady. Yeah. Uh, His son was a great guy. Um, so it's, it's good that he's taken that next step because I think that suits him very well. So Good Agreed. luck, Tom. You got the support of the real nerds. Agreed. Very cool. What um, else we got? In other news, uh, so yeah, the Oscars are tomorrow. They are. And there's been some talk this week that I I think is pretty cool. But have you ever? I, I just had never thought about it. You realize that there isn't a an Oscar for best stunt performance. Um, and so there have been rallies and some protests this week uh, to try and get that to happen. Um, which I think would be an amazing thing. I would love to see, like, t- to see that become an award and to then be able to get, like, I don't, I don't necessarily want celebrityism out of it. Um, but to sort of draw attention to some of the people who are really amazing at that part of the job that is a much bigger piece of filmmaking than we all realize. Yeah. Um, especially in a year where, like, we, we had a woman die on the set of Resident Evil, right? Well, she's in a coma. I don't know if we ever no, found she's out. out. Oh, she's a, is yeah, she but she got to get like an amputation. So. Oh man, yeah, she's, yeah. <laughs> she's alive, not doing. <laughs> yeah, okay, not doing great. great. Uh, I'm yeah, glad shape. glad that she is alive, but still, like the fact that people yeah. risk their lives like that, um, I think should should super be award rewarded. Uh, you know, the Oscars are a superficial, dumb, silly thing, but the the technical Oscars I've always thought were really cool, and I think that the the Oscars that for me are a lot more interesting and are a lot less like. You know, it's just sort of flamboyant and masturbatory are the ones that are lower on the on the list that are the best sound editing and best cinematography. And some of those ones are the ones where I like I actually have sort of a uh, a dog in the fight on those and care to see who wins them. Um, and this would totally be one of those. Right. Um, While they're at it, they should separate into visual effects and practical effects. Yeah. Awards. Well, they, they, it's just visual did, effects now. But don't so. they yeah. lump makeup into practical effects, though? No, no. Makeup is... Uh, it has its own category. Makeup it does, category. I know, but I mean... Oh, I but mean, you, oh, I see what you're yeah. saying. Yes, yeah. Like, if somebody's got... Because, I mean, American Werewolf in London won for best makeup effects, but it and was, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's the practical effect of the dude turning into a werewolf that yes. won it. Yes, you're right. You're you're <laughs> absolutely right, yeah. But that would be very different from, like, yeah. the scene in Men in Black where you've got, like, a guy holding up a a robotic head on a stick that's mm-hmm. not that's that's not going to end up in makeup that yeah. end up in visual yeah. effects yeah you're right it it totally is a I weird said, uh digital and practical there not sure. visual and yeah yeah practical right. yeah because they're um, both visual yeah i would agree yeah um and and you are you're awarding two different groups right yeah um it gets a little bit hazy when well no i guess if you had a movie like star wars where there's some of each then you would you would nominate it in both categories. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would agree. I, you know, I'm sure that they're hesitant to add too many of those technical categories, but at the same time, those are the ones that I give a shit about. Um, because honestly, like, I have no idea what's going to win best picture. I, I don't really give a shit. Um, but it would be really cool to give away. I'm pretty sure it's the Revenant. Because, the, well, the voting system's so weird. Yeah. And now, because what, uh, I mean, I read the Hollywood Reporter almost every day. Uh, they, they interview oscar voters right and uh they've have a guy on there who's tallied the mathematics of it and last year he got 80 percent of them right and right now it's the revenant pretty much hands down hmm. yeah did he like order them i my yeah. expectation was blind spot but he, he did um, uh 
I think it goes to Revenant than the Big Short. Oh, that would be a big upset in my mind. Yep. Is if if yes if Adam McKay won, that would be pretty crazy. Yeah, it's not. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would. I I think it would be pretty crazy for a guy to win two years in a row. Um, like that. Yeah, to me I is mean, pretty... yeah, the Revenant's well directed. Oh yeah, no, I I agree. I agree. I I if anything, I would say that this is the movie he actually deserves it for, and that the problem was probably Birdman. Um, but. Either way, the Oscars are dumb. Whatever. We'll talk about them next week. Uh, but what wouldn't be done, dumb is if they had an award for best, uh, for best stunt performance. Um, cause I'd like to know, like, the dude from Mad Max who jumped off of that thing with two spears and was like, ah! Like, that guy needs an award. That guy's awesome. Uh, I, that, that movie would just win all of the, all of the stunt performance awards, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I think that would be really cool. Um, Steve Martin did stand up this week. Yeah, uh, for the first that. time in twenty eight years, twenty five years. Something yeah, he like lost that. a bet. Oh, is that what it was? That's what I thought I, I read. Yeah, it was. Um, they. I don't think they've said for sure. The guy who wrote the article for um, for shoot Variety, no Vulture, uh, who was there, said that he was on that driving in cars with act- Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, Seinfeld show because it's it was it was an opener for. Seinfeld's show in uh, at the Beacon Theater, um, and it sounds like it was pretty good. I would love for Steve Martin to be funny again and do awesome stuff because that guy is a genius. Um, he doesn't do very much anymore. And he does a lot. Of, he does a lot of music. Yeah, um, that's good. Yeah. yeah, which he's good at. Yeah, like, he <laughs> he's he's really solid. He is. Um, but uh, <laughs> the guy had even read. It's funny. The guy had, had written some of the jokes that that Steve Martin did that morning or that that evening. Um, and just sort of tried to transcribe them. And even as I was reading through them, I was like laughing out loud at a couple of them because I was like, oh, that was really good. I always think it's funny, too, that Steve Martin's been gray for so long. You think he's older than he really is. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, because he turned gray at like 12. <laughs> I know. That's what I mean. <laughs> um, yeah. There was, a, there was a joke in there about like, um, you know, the tickets to the show being so expensive because they have to pay for this and that and the other thing and, and for a, 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 a body double for Steve Martin in case he chickens out. By the way, <laughs> Steve says hi. Um, and it just like, even the way that the guy wrote it, I, I laughed so hard reading through that joke. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's really exciting. I want Steve Martin to do funny stuff again. Like if, dude, if he went on SNL, I would, wa- I don't like SNL. Yeah. If you told me Steve, Steve Martin was going to host SNL, I would I would watch that episode. I know Laura watches it every week and every week. I'm like, this is a piece of shit. Right. Yeah. But what if Steve Martin was on it? I'd watch it. Right. Oh, oh. I like I watch it when The Rock's on and stuff, but. What if he came back to host the Oscars? <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Wouldn't I, it be I'd awesome? still wait till the next day to read what happened. Oh. <laughs> Man. I don't know. I think I, I think that would actually make me watch them. Like. I'm a guy who I, I watch my phone and update IMDb as the awards come in. And then the next day I watch like the clips of the best jokes from whoever did it. But if Steve Martin was doing it, I would probably straight watch them. So anyway, uh, Ryan, can you explain to me Sam Raimi's World War Three? I can't. I do know it's a nonfiction book about what would happen if World War Three happened. Okay. So it's like a nonfiction thriller. Cool. Um, I didn't read anything about it. I just saw Sam Raimi World War Three and I was like, okay. I, 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 I'd see I'd see anything Sam Raimi directs. So oh yeah, uh, you know what's weird is he doesn't direct very often. He his last movie he directed was Oz the Great and Powerful. Was that twenty twelve? Oh wow, yeah. He doesn't direct that often. Even before that, he did uh, 
Drag Me to Hell, which was 2009. And then before that, so I get Spider-Man. There was nothing between Drag Me to Hell and Oz? Wow. He produces a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He does give a lot of chances to young and up, young and upcoming directors. Right. Uh, the guy who directed the Evil Dead remake is making, they're almost done with the horror film they did together again. I forget what it's called. Did he direct the first episode of the show? Yeah. He did. Okay. I thought so. So he was working and, on it. And that. he wrote. Uh, I think he wrote three of them. Yeah. So, I mean, he still does stuff, but he doesn't direct as much. Probably because he made so much money on the Spider-Man trilogy. kind of just yeah, waits till he wants to What the to hell direct. would I work that hard? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair. More than fair. Cool. Uh, unless I forgot something that's news. I got two things. Okay. Uh, so, the new Star Trek series, they brought oh, Nicholas right. Meyer on to as a writer. Yeah. Also, who's the showrunner on there? Is it a pretty big guy? Brian Fuller. Brian Fuller. Of Hannibal. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Oh, I thought I think that was last week, so I I, I think I skipped over that one. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yes, I. He directed Star Trek two and six, and wrote parts three and four. So yeah, it's a yeah. good pedigree. Yeah, and if yeah. you bring him in with uh, a guy who understands TV now, like Brian Fuller, dude. I mean, I think you're I think you're down. I mean, I think <sighs> you might have a, a winning combination there. Brian Fuller is a genius, and. Whatever he was going to make next was going to be something that I was very excited for. So the idea that it's Star Trek is doubly awesome. Um, I hope that they do a good job and make it a Star Trek show and not a Star Wars show. Yeah. If you know what I mean. I, I think if, if the, the, the guy they have writing it and stuff, I think is, will help them. You yeah. Know, because. And that, that's not easy, by the way. No. I think that doing Star Trek today is pretty hard, but it is, you know, you just hope it's not. They're solving crimes on distant planets. As long as it's not like a CSI Star Trek. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, you've got to you've got to run it like a modern sci-fi or just action comedy, not action comedy, action drama kind of a show where like you've got to lean on a season-long story and then also have yeah. episodic stuff. Like, it's tough because you got to find the balance. I think um, because like the old Star Trek movies were really good. And I think you got to find a balance to make those. Like I would argue that they're still modern, but I think you got to find a way to bring more people in because people like us will watch it. But you got to build an audience somewhere. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. I think they could do it. I I feel like if you could get that thing marketed well enough, I feel like you could get a big enough audience. Well, yeah, because I mean, it. I think the new movies are big enough for yeah. uh, people say they would check it out. So you got to find a way to bridge the two. I don't think you Just could make st- it smart. I feel like you could keep the production values low enough. Oh, yeah. Like. You just you you have to make it. It's got to be Alias. You yeah. Know? Um. It's got to be a show that's that you're smart about the way you make it. That you keep the budgets as low as you can, um, and then make it really fun. You know, um, it could be great. Yeah. It could be really great. Hope so. Cool. What was well, your other thing? The only hard part's going to be signing up for CBS All Access to watch it. <laughs> <sighs> um. The other thing was, Ryan, did you know that there's secret menus in Mortal Kombat, the arcade edition? There is. Did you ever unlock them yourself? Oh, no, I would, I don't, I, by myself, I've only, like, discovered three fatalities, like, by randomly entering buttons. Yeah, some dude just found those out. They're on YouTube. Like, yeah, I don't, I forget how he did it, but. What do they do? Oh, that's, uh, it tells you, like, the people that play the characters. It gives you the move list. And uh, it shows you characters' endings and stuff like that. So it's basically a way for you to see how the movie, the game ends. I think it's put in there for um, my guess would be arcade guys like who ran arcades. So you could 
tell people, oh, if you go forward, forward to X, it's a fireball. But I guess since nobody found him for 20 years. Um, <laughs> a lot of good that did. Yeah. Oh, no, more than that. Mortal Kombat came out 25 years. Do they say how you access them? Yeah, he did. I forget the actual. You have to put in a combination on the joystick and buttons. Before you jump into the fight? or Yeah, uh, before the, during like the title screen. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, I forget the combination, but it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Hmm. So there, it has its own Konami code. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's bizarre. Crazy. Cool, though. Cool, cool. Is that it? Yeah. So this week, we saw Eddie the Eagle. James, should people soar to Eddie the Eagle? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I I really loved this movie. Um, My... I... I was... I knew about ten minutes in, like, shit. This thing is going to manipulate the hell out of me. I'm going to cry my way through half this movie. And that's exactly what happened. Um, It's very by the numbers, but it's very well done. Um... There's one moment near the end that ha- there's one like thing that they do that pisses me off. But uh, uh, genuinely, this movie is not as good as Cool Runnings, but it's pretty dang close. I they mention really Cool Runnings in it. Uh, they do. Um, well, they they mention well, the, I the, mean, the Jamaican, Jamaican Bob Yeah, team. right. Um, yeah, soon because I didn't know going in that it also takes place at Calgary, and I was like, oh snap. Yeah. Well, I'll be greatest Olympics. Um, ever. Maybe uh, at least for underdogs. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a really great story. It's one that I was very happy to to get to be told. Um, I think it's definitely something that people should check out, and I think it's a well-made movie. So, uh, Man, this one's tough for you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the movie is really fun, and there's not very many movies nowadays that are just fun to watch. Yeah. And this movie had me at the very fucking beginning of the yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, play the trailer, and I'll talk about it. I was in the hospital for a year when I was a kid. All the doctors said I should give up sports. Where do you think you're going, young man? The Olympics. You better take this. Put your medals in. Thanks, Mum. For as long as I can remember, it has been my ambition to become an Olympian. Yeah. Eddie, you are not an athlete! I just needed to find the right sport. Britain hasn't had a ski jumper since 1929. I'm going to be a ski jumper. He's going to break his neck. I'm going to break his neck. The time to start jumping is when you're five or six. I heard you were a champion, so I was thinking maybe you could give me a few tips. Give up. There's one for free. Watch this guy, number two in the world. And he knew what he was doing. It's not actually going to jump, is it? You're not going to give up, are you? You want your moment, Eddie? You've got to do this for real. Our strategy will best be described as ugly but effective. The Olympics is associated with certain qualities, excellence, achievement. They have no desire to associate with defeat. You're a disgrace to the sport. Good. Personal best, and we're a disgrace! Mr. Edwards. Your jump doesn't count. Because you just changed the rules. Don't I have a right to represent my country? No. My dream's turned into a nightmare. It's a world that doesn't want to know you. So what's new? The British Olympic Association is trying to stop me. I have to do this. The press all want to hear your story. I was kicked off every team I was ever on before I even got a chance to prove myself. I take jumping very seriously. Nearly as much as proving people wrong. 
And where do you think you're going? The Olympics. I thought you might need this. It's higher than you jumped before. Faster than you've gone before. You can break bones. You're lucky if you can walk again. As your coach, I think you're crazy. But as your friend, fly. You ready, the eagle? Do we not predict box office anymore? Yeah, it's going to be Deadpool again. <laughs> I think that should be probably Zootopia. Um, but uh, anyways. The opening where he's the little boy and he has brace a brace on and he goes downstairs and his mom says, hey, where do you think you're going? I'm going to the Olympics, mom. And she's, you're going to need something to put your medals in. And I, yeah. a tear was coming down my eye. I'm like, fuck. Oh, yeah. This. Right. And then uh, then he did the montage of like the – so did you think the soundtrack was awesome? I thought like – Soundtrack's the, fantastic. Like this 80s like synth yes. soundtrack was I didn't, really cool. I didn't know going in this was Matthew Vaughn. Yeah. And so when it popped up, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. This is like – this to me is Matthew Vaughn like really proving to me that he is a good director. And what I mean by that is – Well, he didn't direct it. He didn't? No, he's a producer. Oh, I'm sorry. It's his company. Oh, okay. Then I just saw, I just read it wrong when it started. Yeah. Well, then never well, mind. I well, you recognize that. his company because it's so unique. Right, yeah. Uh, but no, he had a big hand in it. Okay, cool. Never mind. Yeah. Then he still needs to make a drama. <laughs> just saying. But um, here's the thing with this movie, though. So it tells a story about Eddie Edwards, who is a boy who wore a brace and was told his whole life. Oh, his whole life, all he wanted to do was be in the Olympics. Yeah. So there's this awesome montage. But with, he's like a he's like a dweeby kid, yeah. and like he comes from sort of an impoverished family. Yeah. He's not terribly talented. His dad's to a plaster, with. or yes, or his dad. Anyway, yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah. But so the montage at the beginning, where he's trying to be good at sports, was amazing. Yeah. He keeps breaking and, his glasses. Yeah, he keeps on breaking his glasses, and that's what he's putting in his box of for his medals. And then he realizes that, oh, maybe the winter, uh, summer Olympics are me, but I could ski when his dad takes him to work, mm-hmm. to work at a place. And he's, you know, cause his dad's that, uh, stereotypical, give up on your dreams. They're never going to happen. And he takes him to work one day cause he's supposed to plaster something. And he notices people skiing and that inspires him to become a skier. And, um, what I loved about this movie is everybody tried to knock him down and he always, always kept on going. And, uh, and, yeah. And the truth is, is that it doesn't, it doesn't oversell like, like the true story here is not necessarily one where he's immediately really good. Like he just yeah. keeps working at this thing. And he's um, not good. And yeah. And he's not like, he's not the most amazing skier of all time. Mm-hmm. Like from the title, you think like, oh man, like he must be really good. Uh, but the story that they're telling is actually just a really encouraging story. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that there's a lot more other than the, like the olympics guy um like like his dad telling him that he like he that he shouldn't do it or he can't do it um is a lot more dynamic than just you know yeah. you uh, no son of mine will be in the olympics like he he's saying it because he knows that his son is fighting this uphill battle mm-hmm. he he wants him to be safe he wants to he wants him to have like a normal life and mm-hmm. make something for himself um and he doesn't believe he like he he thinks his son has this pipe dream that he's never yeah. going to be able to succeed, succeed in so he's trying to sort of even though he's not saying it in the nicest ways like you can kind of tell yeah but he's right? not doing it because he's a bad dad he's right. doing it because he's basically protecting his son because yeah, there's even that scene where he says there's something like like 
I, I, you think I never had a dream? Like, I'm not made of stone. <laughs> it's like, it's like, really? What was it? I want to be a plasterer. And he drives away. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, shit. And you should point out, uh, uh, Taron Egginton. Is that his name? Yes. He's it, really good. He is really good. He's the brother of the footboy from the, from those Hunger Games movies. Isn't yeah, he? Uh, yeah. Isn't that like a, he's an, sure. Yeah. I don't know. I think so. Oh, no, that's Hutchison. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. He's really good. Um, but, uh, Hugh Jackman plays a washed out, American ski jumper and he's great in it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's, you know, I, I love the movie too because so he, they won't let him compete as a downhill skier, even though he is pretty good at it. Um, because of where his family is and no one wants to sponsor him. Right. The Olympics won't. So he finds this thing where there's been no British ski jumper since the 1920s right so he goes to germany and he's gonna train and it's all, really all he has to do is get like one competition where he gets a number that's officially posted yeah. and he becomes the only british ski jumper yeah. and he gets to go to the olympics well because I, I love too because he starts off on the 15 so meter his goal jump. is simply to land a jump yep which is pretty great. Yeah, and so he starts on the 15 meter and he like does it the first time. He says, "Oh, that's pretty easy. I guess I'm ready for the next one." <laughs> right. And then as, he, as soon as he accomplishes something, he just wants to make it yeah. harder. And it's then he eats shit and then he has to learn obviously because it's a it's a dangerous sport and he has yeah. to learn how to become a ski jumper. I wouldn't even say successful, but it's funny because he did uh when he went down and he <laughs> he landed a 30 one meter jump it was like a new british record right and then he went to the uh then he went to the olympics and <laughs> did like 31.5 and that's where he got the name eddie the eagle because he right. like flew like an eagle yeah but that was not the end of the story no um he has to uh they think he's still an embarrassment and he doesn't qualify for the next thing and when he gets on the phone with hugh jackman and you know he's cold he basically says you know i told you this was going to happen right you go out there you're not ready and you're Which a joke. That, oh man that scene tough just scene. just killed me when he goes you know when they've they've changed the rules so that he still can't jump and he goes to hugh jackman and he like oh oh no he gets the letter saying like oh no we're we are gonna let you in mm -hmm. and he goes to hugh jackman and hugh jackman's like no man like here's the thing you're actually really good you can do this we should wait for more years and just train and make you great and he's like no I'm going now. Yeah, his goal like, is always I'm, just to be in the Olympics. Yeah, like, um, and I think that's part of what's really cool here is that, um, Eddie's goal, unlike with Cool Runnings where they, they do want to win and, or su at least succeed, like, Eddie's goal is just to be there. Yeah. Like, he just wants to prove that he can do that. Um, like, he doesn't, he doesn't win, need to win a medal. He just needs to be successful in, yeah. you know, to do his best, right? Uh, oh, and how great is that scene where he runs into the fish in yep. the elevator? And oh man, like that's that's an awesome scene. Yep. Um, yeah. Sheesh. Christopher Walken's really good. Oh, he's really good in like a really small, understated role. Yeah. But it, the, he's such a great actor that he carries so much weight with that role. I mean, the, the scene where he comes in and he confronts Hugh Jackman. Right. He really doesn't even say anything. Yeah. And it's still really good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I. I this movie actually had me smiling pretty much throughout the whole thing. Cause it's a pretty fun movie. Yeah. And even, uh, at the end, he comes back and while he's in the Olympics, his mom knitted a shirt that said, um, Eddie's mom and the whole time. And so he, you know, his dad's giving him a hard time and, uh, he finally comes back and his dad unzips his coat and he's wearing a sweater that says, um, Eddie's dad. 
It's great. It's, yeah, it's I, great. I hate that. Do you? I hate it. Yes. It's fine. They, they straight stole it from Cool Runnings. <laughs> it's the exact same thing. Cause that's what happens yeah. when they're, when they're walking and, he, and the one guy looks over and his dad, who was always disapproving, he's got, done the same thing and he unzips and he's wearing it underneath. And yeah. I was like, how you didn't, how you, no, you cannot maybe, maybe just it's, go maybe steal that. Uh, that's the only thing I can tell myself because I genuinely like <laughs> I was like I, was cute. I was like in tears and everything was amazing and then that happened and it like it was like the most sobering moment like, all I of a sudden I was cute. like oh shit you did not just do that uh, it is cute it was really cute in Cool Runnings yeah, Cool Runnings um, is not a good movie I will yeah. fight you we should fight. dude when John Candy goes into the into the thing. Right, because everybody's giving him, giving the guys a hard time, and he walks into that boardroom and mm-hmm. like just tells those fuckers off. Yeah, uh, John Candy's great. That no, that's. Uh, I don't believe that you don't like Cool Runnings. I didn't say I didn't like it. I think it's an okay movie. What? <laughs> it's a great movie. Great. It is so Brad, it is so wonderful. Have you seen Cool Runnings? Uh. I'm not sure. I, I I might have. It's been a long. Okay, long time. so you can't it's, comment. It's on funny. It. It's charming. It's encouraging. It's heartwarming. Ah, uh, but yeah, I should go see Eddie the Eagle. I see a badass mother who don't take no take no shit off of nobody. Mm, sure, that's a good movie. W- whatever you say, James. That's a good movie. But Eddie the Eagle's good. It is. It is. Uh, uh, Hugh Jackman's great in it. I like his story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, his, his, the whole he's thing. He's another guy. He's jacket. Australian, and you always forget that because he's so good at playing an American. Oh, when he when he walks out of the like the snow machine, and he's got his cowboy boots on, and like the music changes, yep. and I was like, <laughs> oh shit, can he be more American? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, he's pretty fantastic. Then he gets drunk and goes down the ninety meter. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that part is awesome. <laughs> he's like he's he's like he lights a cigarette. Yeah, he's smoking he's drunk a cigarette. Drunk as shit. And he just like smiles. Goes down it and like t- at one yeah, point halfway takes a through, and flicks it into the yeah. camera. <laughs> yeah, halfway down the ramp, he takes a cigarette out and flicks it at the camera. It's awesome. <laughs> Even though like he's going fast enough that that cigarette would not stay in his mouth. No, it's still uh, awesome. Though. But it was still so cool looking. Yep. Uh, he just lands it perfectly. Yeah. Oh man, it's great. <laughs> so badass. That's a good movie. That's a really good movie. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Totally worth checking out. One of my favorites of the year so far. Nice. Like, like I mean, it's like three movies that I have loved this year, and that's one of them. So, um, next week, I don't know. Uh, London has fallen. Hell yes. <laughs> what are the other options? Uh, we have Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, which no. is the Tina Fey and Margot Robbie. I mean, I'm sure that's fine, but um, Zootopia, which has 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, that's great. Like 50 critics. So I'm just saying. Do you remember how many times people got stabbed in the head in in Olympus Has Fallen? I, I don't. Wanna, I want to see guys all. get stabbed in the head more. Let's see. I remember absolutely nothing from Olympus Has Fallen. You remember that that movie is awesome. I remember it's okay. I'll have to watch it again. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure I can get it for a dollar at Tracemark. Dude, it's bad. It's badass. It's stupid. The but part where uh, Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx drive around on the White I'm House punch lawn. You. That's <laughs> that a horrible. Good. I love that no, part. no, no. That movie's so bad. <laughs> Is no, this... yeah. When he when he sneaks back in, he he like he keeps sna- stabbing people in the head. Like, that whole sequence is brutal. Um, James, are you going to bring the Divergent series for me so I can watch them before I oh, see yeah. the new movie? Do you uh, have both is... of them? No, I only have the first one. Do I need to buy the second one? I was just well, going to rent the second one. Oh, well, if you rent it, I want to rent it. Let me. Oh, are you going to rent it digitally? Well, yeah. Um, I don't 
Christ. No, I'll 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 bite the bullet and I'll buy Insurgent and uh, like I'll get it at Tradesmart because I got I got credit and stuff. Well, I mean, I don't want you to waste money on it if you don't want to. You know, so I got a message from Cora today. I I, I saw like <laughs> I I yeah I think I saw it. I, I don't. Yeah. Know, is she being She's serious? Just, yes. Yeah, she was I like I I I she said thanks for the quote unquote recommendation. Uh, yeah, that's for I mean. divergent. She put the re- quote recommendation in because, quotes. Because my, my recommendation is not really a recommend. All I'm saying is that movie is better than most of those movies I've seen. Um, and is surprisingly pretty good, but is also kind of dumb. Uh, um, I mean, I don't need it for like a couple weeks because it's not till March 16th or 18th. So that's yeah, what I'll, we were seeing that week. I'll remember uh, to it's, I think it's, it's the only it's thing that that week. or, um, Let's see, uh, miracles from heaven. So, yeah, because it's the week before Batman Superman. They're not going to put anything out, right? Except Film explosion two thousand six. Except for <laughs> Allegiant. <sighs> I'm excited to see it just because, like, every one of those movies that I, I, the movie I saw does not make sense with the trailers I saw for the new one. Like, I I want to know what crazy dumb shit can happen. I'm between always surprised them. how great how many great actors they have in it. Oh, I, think, yeah. I think in the new trailer Ooh. I saw Naomi Watts and uh, Jeff Daniels. Yeah, the performances are fantastic. Um, like they are, they're good. We'll wait and see. Even like even Miles Teller playing his like dumb asshole, just That's screaming profanities from the corner for no apparent reason. Um, like that, even that character is like kind of palatable because it's Miles Teller. Um. Yeah, that's mm. a weird movie. Yeah. I can't wait for the fourth one. Detergent. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Is there a fourth one? Uh, Actually, all three. Who knows? Detergent. It deter me from what I see. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. So until next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.